0: Welcome to the well Community jokes. Where the heck is hope? Call me crazy, but I'm pretty sure that most of you have asked yourselves this question several times this past week. Like, I believe most people have. It's an honest, legitimate question that we're wrestling with. And I know that we, we profess our hope is in Jesus and we get it with our minds. But with this last lockdown and shutdown, there's been this disconnect between my heart and my head. And I have the head knowledge. I have the correct thinking, but my heart hasn't caught up yet. The, the, the dots haven't connected. Because you see, we just celebrated Easter, right? Just a couple of weeks ago. And we celebrate that hope is alive. That hope's in the air, but then bam! We're right back, smack dab in the middle of another lockdown, of another stay at home order. And it's just made me wrestle with the question, where the heck is hope? I mentioned last week in my introduction, a line that Doug Ford used in his news conference. And he said, hope is on the horizon. And I said, yes, it is. And his name is Jesus. And I still believe that 100%. But you see, it's easy to say. It's easy to, to fix our minds on that. But again, it's another thing to actually connect that sometimes with our heart and say, okay, I, I know that to be true, but my heart hasn't caught up yet. And there's a disconnect. And I need, to, I need to lean into this question. I need to ask it and I need to address it so that the dots can connect. So all weekend that phrase just kept repeating over and over in my mind. Hope is on the horizon, hope is on the horizon. And then Monday hit. And I was in, I don't know, I was in a funk. I was in this weird headspace, And I began asking, is hope on the the horizon? And if so, where, (laughs) where is it? Like this just feels like it's a bad version of the movie Groundhog Day and life is just on repeat each and every day. So I thought I'd have some real honest conversations with God. This is something i I, tell you to have with God that bring your doubts and your struggles and your questions before him and just lay it out before him. So I thought, you know what? I'm gonna practice what I preach and I'm gonna go for a drive. I'm gonna try and clear my head and I'm just gonna ask God. And I've been asking him all week, Where the heck is hope? Please show me, remind me, help connect my head and my heart. Help me understand and experience what I know to be true. So I wanna bring you along on my journey. And I wanna share with you what I learned and discovered this past week in my attempt to answer this question. Because I know that my hope is not just in the vaccine I know my hope is not just in watching the sun rise and watching the sun set. I know that hope is not just something that's within me that I have to muster up on my own. There is hope, hope is on the horizon, but where is it? Sure, some of the things that I just mentioned, they might give us a sense of hope. They might give us something to look forward to, but they're limited. They're not 100%, they're not guaranteed. So where do we find hope that surpasses these limited and temporary hopes, dreams, and desires? Especially when we've got nothing left to give. Like, we've been here, we've done this, we're exhausted. And this is the common theme I've heard among family and friends and neighbors recently. Just this sense of, I'm done, like, (laughs) I've tried my best, I've done my best, but I'm on empty. I'm exhausted, I've got nothing left to give. But wouldn't you know, this is exactly when Jesus says, come, bring me what you've got. Aside from the resurrection, there is only one miracle that Jesus does that's recorded in all four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is pretty mind-blowing to me that, that aside from the resurrection, that's in all four gospels, there's only one other miracle that Jesus does that's recorded in all four gospels. And do you know what it is? It's the feeding of the 5,000. You see, crowds were flocking to Jesus. They wanted to hear his stories. He, he was fascinating. They wanted to witness his healings. How did he do this? They wanted to watch him cast out demons. So when they heard that Jesus was near, they would set out to find him. Word would start spreading, and they wanted to witness it for themselves. And on one occasion that's recorded in Matthew 14, Jesus heard the news about his cousin John, John the Baptist's death, and he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. But we only have five loaves, five loaves of bread and two fish. Bring them here, Jesus said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish. He looked up toward heaven and he blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted and were satisfied. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. Like, <sighs> incredible, right? Like this story is unreal. The disciples come to Jesus with a problem and he responds by saying, what do you have? but, but we, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. And in other words, they're saying we've got nothing. Like we are out. We're, we're done. Like Jesus, there's a crowd of 5,000 people here. And we've told you, we have five loaves of bread and two fish, like doesn't add up. And there's this sense of it's getting late, Jesus. We, we've got to act. We've got to act fast. We've got to disperse them so they can go fend for themselves. They're hungry. We're hungry. We don't have enough. And in Mark and John's gospel, we're actually told that to buy enough food for people to simply have a bite would take more than eight months wages. Like We're talking about something huge going on here. But yet Jesus says, bring them here. Bring me what you have. I don't care if you don't think you have anything. I'm about to show you that with me, you'll always have enough. And with five loaves of bread and two fish, he blesses the food. He breaks the bread and he distributes it among the crowd. And everyone eats their fill. And then the disciples go back around and collect 12 baskets full of leftovers like what like how like sorry something doesn't add up here the whole thing defies logic right and yet i believe this confronts us with a simple reality that jesus takes our nothingness our emptiness our scraps and he turns it into a feast you see our ad- automatic reaction is much like the disciples. Like, How in the world is Jesus gonna d- feed everyone with just this? Or how in the world is Jesus going to do the impossible? Like, sorry, doesn't really add up, Jesus. But how quickly do we forget that Jesus is the word of God, that he existed in the beginning with God, that God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. You see, Jesus is the one who in the very beginning had made everything out of nothing at all. So how hard would something like this be for someone like that? And did you catch what it said in verse 20? They all ate and were satisfied. They weren't just given scraps back. They weren't just given a bite or a mere taste. They ate as much as they wanted and no matter how much they had there was more and more and more they were filled they were satisfied and still there were leftovers there was more to be had regardless of what these disciples had regardless of how much you have left in your tank Jesus says come to me and I will turn it into a feast Come to me and I will satisfy your deepest needs. Let's face it, many of us, if not most of us, have hit a wall. Like we're standing here empty handed saying, I'm out. Like I've got nothing left to give. I'm exhausted. But Jesus insists the story isn't over. There's more. There's more for the taking. There's more to be had. But it's found in him it's not found in anything else it's found in jesus this is the gospel of grace that we celebrate each time we gather together to encourage and equip one another whether it's in person or whether it's online you see it's not about how much you have or how much you you can give it's simply bringing what you do have and allowing Jesus to transform it. And while it might seem unnatural and even impossible for us, it's the most natural thing in the world for Jesus. It's what he's been doing since the beginning of time. He's taking nothing and making it everything, taking the emptiness and filling it up, taking the darkness and making it light. You see, everything changes when it's put into the hands of Jesus. And it changes for the better. People who give their lives to Jesus become different people when they follow Jesus. And they follow where he takes them. But you see, we can't simply add Jesus onto our existing lives. Like, okay, Jesus, I'll fit you in here and give you a 4 p.m. time slot. No, 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 no. We must reorient everything around him. And this is the story of the Bible. It's not about us. It's about what God has done and what God is doing. But the best part is that he invites us to be part of it. And he offers to transform our lives from the inside out. And this is good news because today, people are just asking whether or not Christianity is true people are asking whether or not it works. Is Jesus alive? Is he living and active? Can it turn my marriage around? Can it help me overcome an addiction? Will it change the way I feel and what I want in life? Yes. Two weeks ago we celebrated Easter and each year we begin the weekend by remembering Good Friday a day of remembering the sacrifice, the pain and the suffering of Jesus. And then we wrap up the weekend by celebrating the resurrection, Jesus' defeat over the grave and over death. But we often forget the day in the middle, Saturday, which author Philip Yancey refers to as the day with no name because we don't give it much attention. The other two days have their names, Good Friday, An Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday, but Saturday sits right in between. And in a real sense, we live on Saturday. As Yancey writes, what the disciples experienced in small scale, three days in grief over one man who had died on a cross, we now live through on a cosmic scale. Human history grinds on between the time of promise and fulfillment, It's Saturday on planet Earth. Will Sunday ever come? But you see, that dark Friday can only be called good because of what happened on that first Easter Sunday. you see, Easter opened a crack in the universe, sealing the promise that someday God will enlarge the miracle of Easter to a cosmic scale. Right now, today, as we live, it's Saturday on planet Earth. We're in the in-between, but when we decide to follow the crucified and risen Jesus, our lives reflect something different to the world, because we are not defined by death anymore. We begin each new day with a completely different perspective on everything, including the pain and trials of life lived in a Saturday world. We look forward to the next great event, Jesus' return, because we know that it is coming, because the last great event has already happened. Jesus rose and He is coming again. And this is the truth that gets us out of bed each and every morning. This is the truth that helps put a smile on our face when there's nothing else to smile about. This is what gives us hope in the face of death, This is what gives us hope in the face of another stay-at-home lockdown order. Is that Jesus is alive. And that Jesus is with you. He is present. And he longs to be in a relationship with you. He longs to be the true king of your life and the world. He invites you to step in to his kingdom. So where the heck is hope? It's in the person of Jesus who has come and is coming again. Hope is found in Jesus, the risen King, who will take what you have, no matter how much or how little, and he will turn it into a feast. Hope is right here, right now, in the person of Jesus. When you're ready to say, I'm done, I'm out, I'm exhausted, I've got nothing, but I'll come. He says, yes, come to me. And it's through your weakness that my strength will be made known, that I will be able to take what little you have and I will take, turn it into a feast that will go to impact those around you. Not only transform your life, but it will transform your family's life, your community, your neighbors, the world. You see, Jesus isn't asking you to do the miracle. He's saying, bring me what you have. And even if you're like, I got nothing, he's saying, bring it to me. Let me do the miracle. Leave that up to me, let me do the work. And you might be thinking, yeah, but you don't know my situation, my past, my ex, my kids, my wrongdoings, my whatever, you name it. And he says, yes, I do. Now bring me what you have. Are you waiting to experience the life transforming work of Jesus? Wait no more. Come to him today. Bring your scraps and get ready to enjoy a feast. Because with Jesus, there is always more. The story isn't over. Your story isn't over. With Jesus, there is always hope. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the miracle of Jesus. Thank you that you love us so much that you wanted to make that love known in such a real way that you sent your son to earth to walk among us, to to perform these miracles that direct our attention to you. And not just the power that you have to intervene and to provide for us and to satisfy, but to also show us the magnitude of your love. God, thank you that Jesus was willing to follow you to the cross so that he could once and for all conquer and defeat death and rising from the dead invite us to step into that resurrection living with resurrection power god i pray for everyone watching tonight Wherever they're at, you know where they're at. You know where they're feeling hopeless. You know where they're struggling. You know where they have anxieties and worries and stresses. And God, I pray that you meet them right where they are and that you fill them with your hope and that you fill them with your peace that surpasses all understanding. God, this stuff defies our sense of logic but for you it's the most natural thing in the world. You created everything out of nothing. And God, I pray that tonight we bring our nothingness, our emptiness, our scraps, whatever it is we have to offer. I pray that we bring it to you and that you fill us and that you satisfy us with your love. We ask all of this in Jesus' name, amen.